Good morning, everybody. Nikki Burnett here, Taste Life Nutrition. Today is Taste Life Nutrition Radio, streaming live on KUHSDenver.com, uh, which is, in my opinion, the best station on earth, uh, where we are here to do our best to talk about truth. Uh, we want to to talk truth in healthcare. Uh, healthcare is, of course, physical, mental, and emotional, but it's also spiritual, it's relational, it's financial, um, it's all of the things that help us to build and to grow and to create this amazing, beautiful life that we have been put here to create. Um, and sometimes we need help. Uh, and I know that I'm that way. <laughs> I know a lot of times I need help. Um, so I'm blessed to have a show like this where I have the ability to chat with and talk to and learn and grow myself from people who do really amazing things in this life to help to serve others and to help them grow and to, uh, to reach their goals, whatever those goals are, right? And so today we have on Denise Fitzpatrick, which I love everything that you're about because you've taken you know your sort of your typical this is what I see anyway your typical marriage couples counseling and you've flipped it on its head a little bit and said this is what works that's what I see is that do you think that's about right <laughs> yeah I see that that's definitely about right <laughs> good good I like I like those who are disruptors um, I think disruption is important and uh, so I see you, that to me is a little bit of a disruptor to what we see as uh, what's typical. So good for you, I love it. Um, so we're gonna be talking with Denise about some fun things when it comes to relationships. But first, as always, um, I need to turn my music down. Sorry, Henry. I'm always forgetting to turn my music down. I could hear it in the background. I was like, something's not right here. Um, Anyway, so we always start the show with gratitude because gratitude can change the world. Uh, there are always things, large or small, to be grateful for. Um, and if we take the time to, to sit and reflect and write them down, um, I am not a great journaler, but I'm working on it. <laughs> so, but write them down and, and it is, I think it's inspirational to us. It's inspirational to our biochemistry and it also can be inspirational and uh, to others because it is energetic. So, Denise, what are you grateful for? Yeah, no, I love that, and that's something I also um, do with my own clients because you're right about the energetics of, of gratitude. Uh, and there are so many things that I'm grateful for, and just like yourself, I'm not a big journaler, uh, but these things are like always top of mind. And one of the things I'm most grateful for is my health mm -hmm. and just the fact that I'm able to move my body and get to the gym yeah. most every day and lift weights and that I just, to me, that in itself is just a miracle. And mm -hmm. I feel really grateful for that. Yeah. I love that because really, you know, we talk about miracles and, and how... Um, I don't know, some of us see them and some of us don't, but what I fully believe is that everything that we are is so beautifully created that it is a miracle that we are alive. It's a miracle that this earth spins. It's a miracle that we are, are little creators and we have the ability to create other little beings. I mean, to me, that's the most 
fascinating of all miracles is that we actually can create little people. <laughs> How does that I work? Said, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really about it. It's pretty, pretty incredible. It's amazing. Uh, it's beyond. I mean, it's it's beautifully and wonderfully awesome. And we use awesome on for everything at this point. But it is truly, truly awesome. Um. I am, you know, we all kind of go through our stuff, and uh, there was a point last week, you know, sort of a, um, there, no, two weeks ago, there was a point where I was literally driving in my car, and I was thinking about who I could go to for help, who can I go to for help for, you know, the situation. And I literally heard, which I love because it doesn't happen very often, and I'm waiting for it to happen more often, but I literally heard, go inside. Um, and it just went, and then I heard it multiple times throughout the day from people. I went to a panel discussion, and they kept talking about going inside. You know, it's not outside, it's, go, it's inside. And I just went, okay, I hear you. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm super grateful uh, for when I know that um, God is talking to me and is allowing me to hear him because I feel like I don't get to hear him. I, I don't pay attention the way that I should. So that's always, it's my own practice, right? Is working on listening and paying attention. So when I was talking about journaling, I was like, well, okay, that's at least a place to start. And I have, I'm just starting trying to journal and I've done a little bit, so I'm getting there. But that's what I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for, um, for hearing and for listening and hopefully continuing to pay attention. <laughs> so anyway, that's my gratitude of the day. Oh, and I have to add this too, because if you know me, you know that I love Cellcore. They were uh, a sponsor for a long time and they just had a conference. Uh, and you wanna talk about disruptors. Uh, this company is truly a disruptive to what we know as typical healthcare. Um, and it is a, it is, it's amazing, beautiful thing to see people who are out there, um, speaking truth, uh, backed by evidence, <laughs> not, not, it's not just science, right? It's backed by evidence. Uh, so I would have to put that out there too, because I'm going to be doing some talks. Um, I think some shows based on some of the things that I took away from this conference, uh, which are quite just and if it's up to me, I'm going to find people that were at this conference and I'm going to have them on the show because I think it's important to uh, to get the word out there. And, you know, we're kind of small. They're kind of big, but that's OK. We, we, we want to get we want to get the goodness out there as much as we can. So anyway, super grateful for Cellcore and all that they're doing for for us as uh, as clients, as patients, as practitioners. Um, they are truly kicking ass. It's good stuff. So. All right, let's get into the fun stuff, Denise. Um, we always kind of, I, I want to hear whatever part of your story you want to share because I fully believe that so much of where we are today, if not entirely, but it is based on, um, it's based on our story, based on our history. We, we don't, we can't learn if we don't go through trials and tribulations and the hard stuff, right? And, and so often as practitioners, our story, we become practitioners or the practitioner that we are because of our story. And so I, I would love to just hear whatever you want to tell us about that. Well, yeah, that's definitely true. And I think um, if I hadn't kind of gone through my own journey and evolution 
in my own relationship that I might not be as equipped to do what I'm doing with other couples right now. So um, for sure, earlier in my own marriage, um, I struggled with the exact same things that my clients are struggling with now. Um, and there was a time when I thought, my husband needs to change or I am never going to be happy, right? It's all in his hands. It's what, why is he not doing the thing as soon as he does? And so there's a lot of like, when you speak about, uh, when you spoke about sort of turning inward, right? I was, all of my focus was outside of myself. You know, other people were the cause of um, my suffering or my bad mood or my upset. And I primarily would put that on my husband. I wasn't really seeing myself clearly. I couldn't see any of my own blind spots. So there was just this kind of constant um, kind of pursuing, if you will, of him to be something different so I could feel a different way. Um, and of course, through my evolution and through my journey and doing my own work and training in how to uh, help couples with their relationships, I was able to heal my own, I healed my marriage by who I, changing who I was mm -hmm. or changing the way that I thought about things and how I showed up as a partner um, instead of expecting this to come from outside of me. Right, and that is sort of the transformation that I and it, it's it sounds really um, simple, and I guess simple yes, but it's very complex. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that is the work that I now help my clients do, and now those are the kinds of transformations that I help them with because that's truly the only path I believe to happiness in any relationship, particularly with yourself. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And it, it, it just goes back to not simple, but simply we can't expect to change others, right? Um, we can, you know, as a, as a practitioner, I can, I can guide others. I can give them advice. I can, you know, tell them what I know, but they have to be the ones to do the work. And so same with me, um, whatever I have to work on, physically, mentally, emotionally, relationally, spiritually, you know, all the things that we all have to work on. It has to be me. And I've been excited about this because I, I, you know, my husband and I have an amazing relationship. Um, but it's always, could it be better? And what could I do? What could I do for me to make it better? What am I not seeing, um, about myself that that could that could you know up level it you know that much more, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that, and that's awesome that you you have that awareness to say to yourself, "What could I do?" Because mm -hmm. so much of so much of the suffering in couples' relationships comes from people efforting to try and get the other person to be different. Right? We're always going to be frustrated. Uh, and disappointed when it's just this constant desire to get someone else to be mm -hmm. different than they are, mm -hmm. right? That's, mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, and it seems like, well, of course, that's obvious. And, and I think intellectually, a lot of people know I can't change that, the other person. But when you get caught up in those dynamics and those patterns in your marriage, it's really hard to kind of see that more clearly. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm, I'm curious about, um, you've, you've been a counselor for, I didn't write it down, for a lot of years. Your bio, your bio is all over Facebook and everywhere, so, uh, so go check it out. But you've been a counselor, you, you, you have all of this training, right? Did you, when you started going through this with your husband and started realizing, is that kind of what, when you started becoming the coach? And let's talk about the difference between a counselor and a coach and what you do versus what, you know, somebody who's a marriage counselor or whatever you want to call them would be, would do. You know my question. <laughs> so I'll answer the, the first part first, mm -hmm. which is, my becoming a coach didn't have so much to do with um, my relationship with my husband. I, I had already kind of come through that transformation and was really supporting couples in, in a different way than therapy. And that was why, when and why I decided I wanted to, to do coaching, which I'll come back to that uh, a little bit more, but to answer the, the the meat of that, which was, what's the difference between counselor and coach? And so I still am a licensed counselor. I just don't practice as, as a therapist. Mm -hmm. I did for probably about 17 years. Um, and the way that I see it as different and having been in both, both roles, right? It's really about approach, right? So, well, for, the very first thing is like when you're doing therapy, you have to diagnose people. You have mm -hmm. to give them a mental health diagnosis yeah. in order to say bill for insurance. If you're going to go the insurance route, if you're going to just do private pay, then you don't have to to do that um, that part of it. You, maybe you know that through your own business. Yeah. yeah. Is it okay if I interrupt you with a question? Yeah, you go right ahead. Um, that sparks my mind into thinking well if you have to, if you are practicing as a therapist and you have to diagnose then you're labeling right right do you find right. that problematic it's it's always been kind of problematic for me yeah. in fact yeah when i came out of grad school and i was doing um some like per diem work and in a couple of different clinics and the first thing people told me is like okay all right yeah now you've got to give them a diagnosis i'm like well wait a minute i just met with them for 45 minutes what do you mean i have to give them a diagnosis <laughs> so that that was sort of uh, like my first introduction to that which was really weird mm -hmm. uh so i'm actually really happy to be away from that um yeah. that kind of like diagnosing and having to do all of that so yes mm -hmm. I would imagine so. And so now what has, what, I guess what has changed in, sorry, I'm going back and forth looking at you and looking at you. Um, <laughs> what has, so what has changed in the, in your approach now that you don't have to diagnose? And of course you are, uh, you're, you don't take insurance, which I think so many practitioners in all areas of health and wellness are getting away from taking insurance right? It's a huge problem. Yeah. Yeah. And it's in the insurance business, like being a solo practitioner and, and billing insurance and dealing with insurance companies is a nightmare. Actually. Yeah. So that's yeah. another thing I'm mm -hmm. really grateful to not be having to deal with. Mm -hmm. um, 
But going back to the question about counselor and coach. So first thing I'll say is that um, coaching is, is, again, from my experience, much more goal-focused and future-focused and solution-focused, mm -hmm. uh, at least in my approach. That's how I work with clients. Now, uh, what I also will say is that most therapists that couples go to see are likely not skilled in doing couples work because what a lot of people don't understand is that doing couples work and doing individual work is an entirely different skill set, right? So when I came out of grad school and started doing individual therapy, and I knew how to do that, like I, in my sleep, right? That it was just naturally, it was like who I was. But you have a, a couple sitting in your office who are um, who have been married for twenty years, and they're in this like volatile cycle of of arguments and being really angry and resentful of each other. It takes an entirely different skill set to be able to manage that than it does to be sitting with just one person in the room, and so. Um, I think a lot of therapists unknowingly treat couples when they probably don't have the skills for that. And then, of course, the consumer doesn't really have uh, the knowledge around what makes a good couples therapist, right? Sure. So you might just pick somebody because, oh, they take my insurance, but are they really equipped to, to help you? So that's first thing, like just saying it's a different skill set. So be mindful of that. Mm -hmm. And I will even like if people are calling me who are looking for insurance and I say, okay, I don't, don't take insurance um, and it's not an option for them to work with me, I want to point them in the right direction too. I will do a small bit of education in that moment too mm -hmm. to say, here's what you should be looking for if you're going the insurance route. Yeah. Because too many um couples who have come to me post marriage therapy counseling with unskilled therapists who were in a worse predicament than when they started, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's not to bash therapists because, again, I was one. I just think when it comes to couples work versus individual work, there's just not enough um, knowledge or education around what it really takes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I would imagine that it's so much more difficult when you have so many different dynamics that come in to play. Um, and so in, in the same time, that's the hard part about being the consumer, the patient, the client, whatever it is you want to call it too, because how do you know what you're looking for? Um, and it takes, it takes um, time and research and asking questions and interviewing. You know, I tell people um, all the time to interview their practitioners. Um, I also tell people to build their team because you might need more than one practitioner for things. But um, don't, it's something that you've got to put time and effort into and ask the questions, find out what the right questions are to ask. So you know you're not wasting your time. You know you're not gonna end up making things worse because that's what can happen. I mean, I see it in my practice all the time also where people are like either dismissed or or uh, they're worse or never, you know, nothing ever happened or, you know, they didn't do what they were told to do so they were kicked out of, you know, the practice that they're in. So 
you know, lots of things can happen. And so it's, it can be, it can be really difficult, which I want to put out there is why, you know, another reason why we have this show, because I, I, my goal is to bring on practitioners who are here to, to serve. But at the same time, if you don't have all the answer answers, you know who to send to or, or how to, how to, um, give people the tools to know what to look for, right? And that's what I want too. I want to be able to give people the tools, the questions to ask, whatever it is to know to know what to look for, as well as anybody who comes through the show or anybody who I have contact with. Um, I want this to be a resource for those who who need it. Um, that's the I, anyway. I will stop going on and on, but <laughs> it's just it's so important. <laughs> Great. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So I think that what I find super interesting, and I want to make sure I say this in the proper because I have I have several questions for you. Um, so let's stay with couples first. And I think so. This is a maybe a sort of a two part question. Is most couples, you know, I think so often, and you, you see this time after time after time, but you see that couples tend to wait and they wait. And I don't know, you know, if they just think that they can fix it or, or what. Um, so they, they continue to wait. And then the, the, the question on top of that is, is it ever too late? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why do they wait? I think that, you know, so many of us, maybe all of us go into um, marriage with this idea of what it's going to be like, right? Sort of the happily ever after and just thinking that um, the work is just getting to the point of getting married and then once I get married, I can just kind of sit back and relax. Like, I, it, we've accomplished it. We've done the thing. Uh, what most people don't realize is that's exactly when the work starts, right? We put so much effort uh, and we invest time, money into planning a huge wedding, huge celebration of for this one day, but yet we don't really think about, well, how do we plan for our marriage? What are we going to do to make sure our marriage is uh, as good as is our wedding day, right? So then once people get married and they realize, well, it actually does take work, right? All their differences start coming to the surface. They're bumping up against conflicts. They're not quite sure how to deal with them. And then they get stuck in these patterns. And they think to themselves, wait a minute, what, like, what is happening here? I thought this would just be way easier than it is. Like, I think we all have this kind of awakening or disillusionment where we kind of come to the surface and go, wait a minute. This is not what I expected. So I, here's what happens. People effort to change the other person for a really long time. So that's one reason people wait, right? Because they keep thinking, well, if I just keep at it, eventually they'll get it, mm-hmm. right? There's that belief. And um, what happens too is if one person is wanting the other person to change and they get to this breaking point of like, okay, well, we're not going to be able to do this anymore. You've really got to step it up. And so they, the other person might step it up for a couple of weeks, 
three weeks, a month, mm -hmm. and like things get better for a period of time. It's like, okay, this is good until the next time, right? So that cycle might repeat for a really long time. And so there's another belief. We should be able to figure this out on our own. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. it should, and so there's some thought like, wow, we must be really in a bad way if we need to, to start reaching out for help. So I'm not ready to go down that path. I, like that's just one step closer to breaking up or divorce or something, which actually couldn't be further from the truth. A lot of people see it as a weakness, like, oh, we need help. That's, that, we must be really bad off. And then what if the therapist can't help us? Mm -hmm. Then we're really screwed, right? And so some people just don't even want to open that can of worms. So it's so interesting because we talk about preventive health care, right? <laughs> we talk about maintenance and maintaining and, and doing, doing the work now so we don't have to play catch up later on, catch up, you know, disease, symptoms, you know, whatever it might be that can happen later on. Why is it that we don't see that in ourselves? Like we, you know, everybody in my, I believe everybody can use some kind of therapy, counseling, take it for what, you know, whatever it is, because it's, it's maintenance. It helps us. We have to see, sometimes we need somebody who's outside of us to help to guide us through whatever it is that we're dealing with, with or to help us to, to maintain or to help us to grow, right? And so um, it's, it's interesting that a lot of people don't see that for their mental and emotional health as well as their relational health. We, yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah, and they, do, they don't, I think they don't, number one, they don't prioritize it, mm -hmm. right? Because then we also get in the busyness of life and the marriage is kind of the last thing on the list. And in that moment, you might think, oh, we definitely need to do something. But then it's like, oh, our jobs are busy and we're raising kids and we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Or mm -hmm. it'll probably get better on its own mm -hmm. if we just wait, right? Again, none of that being true. Yeah. And I think want to break that stigma too mm -hmm. and even just the other day I had somebody saying that same thing uh, about well I, I felt like needing that kind of help for our marriage was a really bad sign mm -hmm. instead of seeing it as actually a real a, a sign of strength that mm -hmm. we're actually reaching out and we're doing something positive yeah. for our marriage mm -hmm. right rather than just letting it sit and get worse and 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 you know, when, when our marriage is in a bad place, it affects our whole quality of life, right? It impacts all areas. Mm -hmm. So by doing something positive for your marriage, you're actually doing something to improve your whole quality of life. Yeah. And so is it ever too late? So <laughs> I heard that I am. Um, so barring like things like um, affairs, which I still think there are plenty of people that do recover from affairs, uh, addictions mm -hmm. or abuse, like the, those three are sort of the caveats to, to this. But other than that, I would say it's not too late 
if it's what you want, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I say that because the majority of people that I work with are, are folks that are not dealing with affairs, addictions, or abuse, right? They're, they're regular folks like myself, like you, who are just struggling in their relationship. And you know, the fact is nobody teaches us how to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. We never learn, most of us don't have great role models. And so we get stuck in these repeated patterns. And most of the time, these are not deal breaker issues mm-hmm. like affairs, addiction, or abuse. And so we're dealing with everyday issues, but people don't know how to communicate about them. And so the ineffective ways that they're trying to resolve their issues is really what's causing the damage and the breakdown in the relationship. So it's not the issue itself, Mm -hmm. but the process and the way that couples go about interacting around these issues. So if we take deal breaker issues off the table, can these patterns be fixed? 100% if you're willing to step in there and do the work and you're really committed to seeing your marriage succeed. So you brought up a really interesting point. I think it's super interesting is what you said is most of us don't have good role models. So what if, so anybody who is out there sort of and listening to this, what, and you need guidance, what if you don't get help and you're having difficulty in your marriage and it's affecting your children and then your children go and do the same thing and then your children's children go and do the same thing and the same thing and it just perpetuates, right? What if though, right now, you were to say, okay, I don't want this to get any worse. I want to be a good role model. We need good, Lord knows we need good role models right now. What if I can, I or we can go get some help, some guidance, so we can be good role models and not, I, I think, and I don't, I don't have kiddos, but what I'm seeing with where we are is the, the amazing amount of impression that they take on and then what that does for their life and then their their kids you know i talk about epigenetics all the time and how how mental and emotional trauma can be sent on for generations we can be affected by generations behind us from mental and emotional trauma but also physical trauma um all of this stuff we think it's just in the moment and we want to live in the moment but we got to think about what we're passing on because the food we eat the thoughts we we think the relationships that we have the spirituality that we have, the beliefs about ourselves, the beliefs about the world, all of these things are in us. They're in every single cell, they're in our DNA, and they move on. And it's, it's amazing and fascinating, which is why I love it so much. But it also, it puts so much accountability and responsibility on me, on parents, to take a look at whatever it is that's going on, whether it's the relationship, the food, the what you're putting on your skin kind of stuff, the thoughts that you have, you know, we all have this propensity toward negative self-talk. I do too, I work on it all the time. Um, but knowing the impact that, that can have on those around us, including our little kiddos who take in all of this stuff. Yeah, and sometimes that is the thing mm-hmm. that brings people in. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. always, but there's... Sure. 
often when I'm on a call with somebody, we're making a decision about whether or not to work together, I will ask them, okay, you know, you've been married for 15 years and you've been in this pattern for whatever, 10, 12 years, so why now? And they will say, well, I noticed that, you know, it's starting to impact our kids, mm -hmm. or they're saying something about all the arguments, or they notice that we're, uh, however it is, we're, we're being with each other that's really, and they say, yeah, I don't want this for my kids, right? And they can reflect on it and say, I want for my kids better than what I had. So that, mm -hmm. that, uh, that can be um, the, the thing that really pushes people to yeah. say, yes, we have to do mm -hmm. something here. Mm -hmm. Cool, good. Um, here's what I find fascinating too. And, and amazing because, you know, when we think that we need uh, couples therapy, sorry, I'm looking at how many people are watching. <laughs> I'm super curious. We have um, four, four, 6,000 people watching right now, something like that. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so kind of cool. Anyway, it's fun. Uh, Henry puts this little video up here for me so I can see. I think that's right anyway. Um, so point to that, not point to that. Besides that, I got totally distracted. Um, we think that we need to, and I think it's smart, right? So this isn't that we shouldn't, but you know, we, we believe that we have to go to therapy and to make it work, it's gotta be both of us, therapy or counseling or coaching, right? Um, but that's not necessarily the case, right? So speak to that. How is it that one person can go see you and can make things better? Well, um, so that's, that's how I changed my own relationship, right? By, by doing the work on myself. And so if you think of it like uh, a relationship is a system, right? And so it's, I like to think of it as like that circle with the arrows that just keep going around and around and around, right? And so uh, say you do something, your partner has a reaction, and that causes another reaction, and then you just keep going around and around and around, right? And it's kind of like, well, where did it start? And it doesn't matter, mm -hmm. right? It's mm -hmm. just that you, what you do influences what they do, and what they do influences what you do, yep. right? And mm -hmm. so think of it like the two of you doing a dance, right? That whole dynamic could be considered a dance. And then if one person changes up their moves, it automatically is gonna shift the whole system, mm -hmm. right? If you're doing a dance and you take a step out of the dance or you do a different dance move, then it changes the whole dance, changes the system. So naturally, if your behavior uh, influences them and their behavior influences you. If you do something different, you're going to get a different response from your partner, right? And a lot of people, like you said, believe, well, we both have to be there. And sure, it can be even more effective, but if you've got a resistant partner who says, no way, I'm not doing that, I'm not gonna go, that's not a reason not to work on the relationship. You can still work on the relationship because if you start doing things differently, your partner's gonna automatically, or, or just sort of as a byproduct, show up differently. Mm -hmm. So you, and it takes, if you're the person who's deciding to do the work, 
you have to decide that you're willing to work on your side of the street, that you're willing to work on yourself to make a difference in the relationship without expectation of what the other person is going to do, right? And so that takes kind of a strong person to admit, like, okay, uh, you know, my partner doesn't want to, and I'm a pleasant experience. And if you want to change your experience in the relationship, you can do things. You can take control of that by changing what you're doing, right? So it's think of it less of like, oh, I'm doing this for them. I'm doing it for me because I want to have a better experience in the relationship. And so I'm going to take charge and control the things that I can control so I can give myself a better experience, right? That's how we really just take 100% responsibility and ownership of creating our own happiness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one, I think, you know, it's, it's something that I try to, to talk about a lot, too, is that we are, we're the accountable for ourselves. Um, and we are responsible for ourselves. And uh, in, in, you know, everything that we do, we can't be responsible for much of anything else, right? Because <laughs> you know, it can be really hard. Um, but we we can be responsible for getting the help when we need it. And again, going back to what I fully believe you know can also affect us mentally and emotionally but is what we're eating and what we're putting on our skin and you know what's in our environment and all of the things I, I don't mean to be too repetitive but I do think it's important to to know that so many things can have an impact on the way that we feel about ourselves the way that we view the world you know if we are if our body's not functioning the way that it should, if it's not functioning optimally, if, if there are, you know, organ systems, if our you know, GI is out of whack, or, you know, all of these things that can happen. We've got these massive toxicities that are all around us, and if we're not detoxifying properly, you know, the liver, there's a lot of emotion that lives in the liver, and if it's congested, there's a lot of emotion that just sits there, and, you know, there's a lot of anger. Um, and so it's, it's so interesting to, if we can take it, you know, it's, it's layers of the onion and, and just start somewhere, you know, start with talking with someone, start with making sure you're detoxifying, start with, you know, eating healthy food, you know, which is different for everyone. Um, and so anyway, um, I think that that's on that. Um, so just to say, yeah. you were saying like detoxify, mm -hmm. right? I love that because when I think about, um, relationships, uh, people carry around the weight of anger and resentment, mm -hmm. right? That's a toxin. Mm -hmm. oh, that is toxic. And so part of doing this work, is, as you said, detox is detoxing from all yeah. of these really negative emotions that are weighing you down, that are zapping your joy, that are mm -hmm. affecting your quality of life. Yeah, yeah. Totally agree. I was talking about the conference that I went to, and one of the one of the things that that we were that was being discussed was, you know, so often we talk about detoxifying. You know, I have to do a detox, so it's this quarterly detox or yearly detox or whatever it is. When truly, we have to detox every single day. It has to be a focus. So yes, our thoughts and and the negativity but also the, the toxins. We have to work on detoxification all the time because we are, man, again, going back to this conference, I was like, holy smokes, the stuff that our little bodies deal with that, that it doesn't know how to deal with, right? Um, and it's, it's, 
it's hard, but you know, there are a lot of good people out there, you included, and uh, who are out there just, you know, working your magic, getting the goodness out there, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, let's talk about for you and the, you know, the, the way that you work, how do you know, I mean, I'm assuming, cause I know why, you know, when I'm working with someone or before I work with someone, I talk to them for a little while, right? So we kind of are interviewing each other, you know, it's this little freebie, hey, let's, let's get to know each other just a little bit. Let me know what's going on with you. I'll tell you how I think I can help or refer. And then we go from there. And so how do you know, what is it that, that helps you to know people are a good fit for you? Yeah, so I think this goes back to one of the first questions we were talking about uh, in terms of the coaching and, and counseling. And I don't know that I actually fully answered that question, but um, so, so my approach to working with people is, uh, like I said, very goal focused. And it's with people that are committed to making their marriage work, right? I, I don't, so I definitely want to know that somebody's not coming in just to check a box and say, uh, you know, if, if there's a leaning out partner and they come in just to check the box and say, well, I tried, but it didn't work, right? So I'm working, I want to work with folks that are really committed to making the marriage work that they're really wanting to avoid divorce. That's not the route that they want to go. And they're willing to do the work. Mm -hmm. They know that there's not, like, I'm not a quick fix, and I have no magic, but I know what works. I have a plan, I have a process, and that's what's different about me than a counselor or a therapist is, and I hear this from anybody, like clients of mine that have worked with their therapist before, they get into sort of just rehashing the argument of the week or um, fighting over the actual content of problems rather than like, okay, what's the goal? What are we headed towards? What is the desired outcome here? What do you want your relationship to look like at the end of this? Not not who do you want your partner to be, but what, what are the qualities that you want your relationship to have? What, what will you be doing, thinking, feeling, like really get a clear picture so we know exactly what, what they're working towards. And then I help them um, step by step do what they need to do to get there, mm -hmm. right? And that might be in the form of communication, learning how to listen to each other better, learning how to speak to each other in a different way, um, uh, building the emotional muscle to uh, accept your partner, to accept differences, to be in conflict without it erupting into um, a huge blowout, right? A lot of it is your own self-capacities that you're strengthening and growing. Um, and so it takes somebody that has a certain level of self-awareness, mm -hmm. a certain level of emotional intelligence, um, perhaps somebody that has been in therapy before and is familiar with uh, how that process works, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I had, um, I had someone reach out to me last week and the question that they, this was through, through text messaging, right? So <laughs> I always think it's funny, but it was, it, the question was, I'm reaching out to you to ask about a weight loss pill. <laughs> I've been putting on weight 
and whatever whatever else it was that she said and I went a weight loss pill okay <laughs> so it, it's funny because you're what you were saying just sort of triggered that you know so often we want the quick fix we want the pill and I think a lot of us are coming around to the understanding that there are no quick fixes for much of anything, you know, including drugs, because drugs can make things worse. Sometimes they can make things better also. But it's, it took, you know, if you think back, and a lot of this we don't know, but how many years did it take to get to that point to where you are, right? Physically, again, going back to the physical, mental, and emotional, all of the things, how long did it take for your relationship? to get to where it is? How long did it take for your health condition to get to where it is? All of these things have been going on for a long, long time. Habits are hard to break, right? Um, and so to, to believe that there's a quick fix and that you don't have to put the work in, whatever it is, is, you know, at minimum it's misguided, but we have to, I mean, Everything is work, but it's the work that makes makes it better, right? And the work is where the growth comes in. It's the hard stuff is where the growth comes in. I, you know, we say that a lot, but it's it's true, and it kind of can suck in the moment. But you know, imagine had uh, one somebody I had on the show not too long ago, but she's like, sometimes you have to go through the river to get to the other side, right? You gotta go through the really hard stuff that's only gonna wash you away, and you gotta work really hard, and you gotta get through, and then you get to the bank and onto the bank, you're like, look at the beautiful meadow. You know, I'm seeing the mountains in my eyes right now, or in my, <laughs> in my, in my mind. But it all takes work, it just does. That's life, is work, right? And that's happiness, but a lot of the work that I do with my clients too is around managing their mindset and their expectations mm -hmm. because like you said they maybe 15 20 years they've been doing this repeated pattern in their marriage and three sessions in or even two months in it's like oh but we we hit this spot again I'm so frustrated, like, why is this not changing? But they've forgotten the five other moments in time where it actually was better. Yeah. But they see this one recurring moment that is similar to what used to happen, and they think, oh, nothing's changing, right? Yeah. And so yeah. easy for our brains to want to discount the positive and focus on the negative, like you were saying before. Like, we all kind of have this tendency to negative self-talk. So... Um, even like a couple months in clients might be focusing on the one thing that resembles the old pattern forgetting the five things that were better so it's managing their mindset around that like okay let's remember you've been doing this for 15 years it's not going to change overnight and let's look at the progress you have made because it's easy to go to that place of it's not working and then just go down the rabbit hole, right? And that mindset alone is going to prevent you from getting back to doing what you know is working yeah. Yeah. and moving. Yeah. Right? So, so much of the, the mindset piece, as I'm sure it is in your work as well, mm -hmm. that is really going to make or break people's success. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's the key to success. Um, it's if we... 
you know, I, I, I don't know a lot about energy and the way that it works. I do know that we're energetic beings and it was the way God created us. Um, and there's this, there's this realm out there that I, that I just think is so fascinating when it comes to like, you know, quantum belief and, and, you know, what it is that, that we believe that can, that can create who we are and how we react to the world and how we react with other people. And you know, so many of these things I'm like, this is just so fascinating. But, um, that I think that so often in my work and I'm not, I mean, it's not my world is working on mindset, but it's helping to, to move the mindset forward. And we, I might have to bring somebody else on board, you know, as their partner, as their team member, to help them to move forward so we can get our work done. I mean, I've seen that on multiple occasions. You know, where my work is not doing or is not going where it needs to go. Something's blocking it, right? Something's in the way. Is it a is it history? Is it past? Is it a mental block? Is it what could it be that's not allowing for their body to become more balanced as it should. And so, uh, so same with you, you know, if there are blocks, if the mindset's not in the right place, it can totally inhibit any work that you're trying to do. Yeah. And a big one with couples is really the, uh, the story or the narrative or the labels that they have for their partner. Right, and yeah, those yeah. all, just like behavioral patterns, these thought patterns become ingrained. So you might have this story, oh, he, he's so selfish, or she's so angry all the time, or whatever the label is, we, you know, we have that story about the partner, our partner, and then in our minds, that's the only way that, way that they can show up. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. every interaction we're gonna come to with this thought that, well, this is what they're going to do anyway, right? Mm-hmm. We've got all these assumptions. Of course they're going to show up like that. This is what they do all the time, right? Yeah. And, and so yeah. that actually prevents you from being able to see your partner mm-hmm. in a better, more positive light. So there's a lot of work just around that, around changing that narrative. I have a story that is mostly kind of what you're saying, maybe not entirely, but it's a fresh story, like just from last night. So it's, it's one of those things that that when we don't communicate, then we only know our side of the story. And so I think it's kind of a funny story, so I'm gonna say it because this is what's been happening for years and he's probably not watching, but if you're watching, hi honey, love you. Um, (laughs) So yesterday morning, so he got up before I did and what he'll do is he'll take the covers and he's he's kind of made he's a bed maker which is awesome and he makes the bed or he pulls his side of the covers and he, this has been happening for years and he doesn't notice but the covers slap me in the face while I'm sleeping <laughs> and so I immediately wake up and I'm angry I'm like what <laughs> how can you not know that you slap me in the face with the covers so like I said this has been going on for years so just last night <laughs> We were in bed and I said, by the way, if you get up in the morning before me, please leave the covers alone. Just get out of the bed and don't, don't move them. He's like, why? And I told him, he's like, I thought I was doing a good thing. I thought I was making my side of the bed so you wouldn't have to. I was like, I love you for that. But do you not see that you slapped me in the face? He's like, no. Right? (laughs) 
your simple request actually make a difference? Yeah. Well, I got up before him this morning, but it will because I think it was impactful. But we were able to talk about it, which I should have done years ago. <laughs> right. So many people stay stuck in mm -hmm. really far worse things than that, yeah. right? Right, right. But they're not speaking up mm -hmm. because they might think, oh, it'll be a no or there'll be some big reaction mm -hmm. right because all of these patterns of avoiding get get really cemented in yet just sometimes it's just taking that risk and making that simple request that can actually just completely turn things around <laughs> yeah i had to think through it it's like okay this can't keep happening how do i do this and instead of because i think what could have happened that I don't like to be a part of, and it has happened, but could have happened is I could have just yelled right then and just been really angry. And that would have not been okay because he thought he was doing a good thing, which I had no clue about, obviously. Anyway, so, so yes, I, um, you know, obviously it's, that's a pretty simple thing, but, and it's really funny kind of, but, but it's one of those things where I had to, think about my part in that. What part, where, what is my part in this situation? Um, and how can I make it better and understand him? Because now I understand where his mind is. His, his mind's always in a good place, but anyway, interesting stuff. <laughs> oh, great example of like how we can just kind of step up, mm -hmm. take ownership and, and say the thing. Yeah. And, yeah. and it usually will work out in a positive way, mm -hmm. but we, we've got our minds so conditioned that it's going to go poorly. Yeah. That we avoid doing the thing. Mm -hmm. Right. So with that, um, you have a program. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So marriage <laughs> mastery is, um, my private coaching program. I only work with couples privately or women individually. I don't, I don't do any kind of group coaching at this point. Um, and it's a three month, uh, commitment and sometimes people continue to work with me uh, beyond the three months, six months, nine months, sometimes a year. Because again, mm -hmm. we it took us a long time to get here, and yeah. it's going to take some time to get on the other side of that. Um, and so, within that three months' time, there are uh, essentially four phases that I work on people with, uh, and that is the commitment. I mean, the connection piece, which is connection to self. Right, we have to own our part. We have to be uh, willing to not just be in a place of blame and uh, expecting our partner to do all the changing so we f can feel better. And again, this isn't to like blame yourself. This is just to say, I have a part here and I want to take control of what I can take mm -hmm. control of. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. so that there's a whole phase just around reconnecting with yourself owning the part that you can own, getting clear on what your work is going to be in getting the relationship to a better place. And then the second part of that is context. And this is all about perspective, all about what, like I was saying before, the narrative, the stories, what we make things mean. The big piece of this is the mindset work, right? How are we thinking about ourselves? How are we thinking about our partner? Um, and again, what labels are we carrying around and not kind of 
also cultivating uh, the thoughts of positive things about our partner and about our marriage, right? Like I was saying in that example before, focusing on the one thing that didn't go well and, you know, discarding the five that were better. So that's where, in context, a lot of that mindset work comes into play. And then the third part is communication. And this is skill-based, really about how do we manage our emotional reactions so that we can communicate in effective ways. Mm -hmm. uh, it might mean taking risks, like saying the things that we might not want to say. Um, not being afraid of conflict, because quite honestly, conflict is an opportunity for growth. Mm -hmm. If you're avoiding that conflict, then you're avoiding the growth of your relationship. Because unless you um, confront that, work through it, and move on from it, then then you stay stagnant. You stay stuck. Right. So right. I really want to help people um, get comfortable with the idea that conflict is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. And it's going to help you evolve and grow. Uh, and finally, the commitment piece, which is prioritizing your relationship. Right, so if if things are in not a great place, it's likely you've gotten to a place where you might be trying to avoid each other or uh, spend less time together. There's really a lack of connection, a lack of uh, daily ways of, hey, I really like you and I really appreciate you. So in order to create something different and better and more connected, then you have to get back to prioritizing your relationship. And so that's helping people like literally carve out time, calendar time, mm -hmm. treating uh, time with your partner like an important meeting at work. Mm -hmm. It would never be optional to bag out on this particular meeting with your CEO or something. Yeah. So let's bring that same mindset to prioritizing your marriage mm -hmm. and figuring out what are the daily things you can be doing to really nurture and sort of like fertilize your marriage so it continues to grow and evolve and move forward in a positive direction. Yeah, I love that. Um, there is, my, my husband's aunt and uncle had for, I don't know, however many years, a date night. That they would, they, I think it was every Friday night, they would have a date night and it was just the two of them and that's all there was to it. Um, and I love that and my husband really loved that too. He's wanted to do that and we haven't. <laughs> Um, and so I, uh, you know, those, those, those little things, right. That, that can make such, such a big difference. Um, yeah, and it, it's totally okay to, um, schedule time. Maybe it's lunch in the middle of the week mm -hmm. and, you know, I think it's okay to schedule sex too. I know a lot of people are opposed to that. Um, you know, that's a whole other area that I also cover with couples too if they're having you know struggles in the bedroom like we work on all of that stuff as well and I'm we talk about it all yeah yeah well it's part of it right it's a part of life you know we have this and we've taken sex into this very negative place but it's a very beautiful thing I mean that's it's 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 connection it's creation it's all of these awesome things that it is um and so I think that's awesome and I think that um Maybe we should have you on again and talk about that. That would be super fun. Well, it's also helping couples get comfortable mm -hmm. talking about sex, too. Yeah. A lot of them have never even had that conversation. Yeah. So in my office, or whether we're on Zoom or in my mm -hmm. office, it's just normalizing. Mm -hmm. Like, let's talk about it like we would talk about other things in yeah. relationships. Yeah. 
her way. It's it's mm-hmm. okay. Let, let's just put it all out there. And so if if I'm comfortable and I sort of lead the way around that, then it then it helps them feel more comfortable to share. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Well, why don't you tell people where you they can find you? Yeah, so you can find me on my website at mymarriageworks.com. And if there are any people on Facebook, it's just my name, Denise Fitzpatrick. And I also have a Facebook group for women. Sorry, guys. (laughs) But if you are a woman and you're interested in joining my Facebook group, it's, well, you can find it from my personal profile, but it's empoweringwomeninmarriage.com, or it might be empowering women in relationships. I'm, I'm not quite sure. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I might have put it in the show notes, so I don't know if you'll be sharing those yeah. with Yeah. Um, but you can find it from my personal profile on Facebook. I'm not really on, I have a profile on Instagram, but I'm not really active. Facebook is my main, my main place. Okay. Okay. And if somebody was interested in scheduling a call with me, then they could also do that through my website as well. Awesome. So yes, um, today, tomorrow, Monday ish, no, it's a holiday soon. <laughs> um, all of your information will be in all of the Facebook notes. It'll be in the YouTube notes. It'll be, um, in the you know podcast notes, all of that stuff. So your information will should be everywhere attached to this show, so people can reach out. But uh, but check her out. Check out her website. Um, I've got a you know ton of notes here from your website. It's it's a it's it's great. I love the way that you you approach working with women and with couples. Um, I think it's needed. It's important. Um, and if you are struggling out there then reach out to Denise whether she can help you or she knows somebody um, you know that's what we're here for is to be a resource and to build each other up so uh, for me of course you can find me tastelifenutrition.com all of the social media is taste like nutrition go to the website there is a free assessment on there that and I'll reach out to you personally and we'll chat about it and we'll of course see if there's something that I can do to help or if there's something that or someone I can refer you to and then um, I always mean to talk about this early on and I forget but soulful conception soulful conception has launched it is about preconception planning Um, It's so important to take the time prior to getting pregnant to get you healthy, uh, whether you are male or female, get you healthy prior to that point. Because as I said earlier, your health today has the capability of affecting generations to come. We are in a place where we are, we get a lot of sick and fearful people. And is that generational, potentially? Uh, and are we able to turn that around? Absolutely. So uh, take the time. If this is not, if it's not your world to be uh, thinking of preconception planning right now, you know somebody who is. Um, and I have experts who are involved in this program, who are part of my team, who are um, outside who, who are outside of my knowledge and understanding and can bring their knowledge and understanding so it's kind of like this show I'm bringing in people who are there to to help you in all aspects of preconception planning mind you know mental emotional physical if you're going through fertility uh, treatments all of the things so um, it's 
it's good stuff. I'm super excited about it. So reach out if you have questions, reach out to Denise if you need anything. And uh, we'll see you next week on Thursday, 10 a.m., of course, streaming live on KUHS Denver. Bye, everybody. Thanks. Thanks, Denise, so much. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. Thanks. Give me one second.